Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. This is Choices Not Chances Podcast with Ryan and Matt, special edition. I'm your co-host, Matthew Charette. Sitting next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan? All right. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to be talking to a a great friend of mine that I met uh, probably like six years ago, I would say. And I met him through a golf organization that is organized. um, And it's, it's it's a group that is a 501c3 for veterans, but it's... It's uh, all combat guys, all guys that have significant combat experience in one way, shape, or form. And we get together quarterly, and we golf, and we have a great time. Um, we do donations and charities. And uh, so I met Johnny, Johnny motherfucking Glenn, as he would introduce it. But Johnny Glenn at the golf outing, both hunt, both outdoors, both like combat, and uh, both like to speak, uh, learn, read the whole thing. We hit it off, and... Uh, Johnny's going to join us today and kind of walk us through um, an entire career in the Special Operations Forces and uh, maybe give us a little bit of knowledge on that. But uh, before that, John, I want to talk about um, just Afghanistan. Here we are 20 years, I guess, to the day, right, of, you know, the war in Afghanistan. And and this generation of warfighters, in my opinion, has been, at least for me, we talked offline a little bit about it. 9-11 was the catalyst for my calling to... Uh, to serve in some capacity ended up being the Marine Corps and there's thousands of people just like me that that day when you were a young high school student whatever it was some of them middle school some of them you know just in early college then boom you see that that did something to um, Americans that called them to go uh, make somebody atone for their sins and uh, I was one of them sophomore in high school they wheeled a TV in you know and uh to see people jump, like the falling man now is what it's known as. But I watched that live from a classroom, and I never, just never forget the way I felt that they were more okay with jumping mm-hmm. on their own terms and sitting up there and burning. And I thought, ooh, like some something, something has to be done about that. Right. And then you know, twenty years later, uh, we have the withdrawal. In my opinion, that should be celebrated. That we are not sending people to the Middle East anymore, even though I'm a combat guy, like, you know, but enough's enough and it's time to maybe reprieve. We got other things going on in different parts of the world that maybe we need to focus on. And uh, then when we, when we come down to withdrawal to say, okay, let's tie this up and let's put a bow on it and be done with it. uh, The way it goes down disenfranchises a lot of people. And okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you being angry. I'm okay with you being sad. I'm okay with you being even mad about it. Like, Maybe you didn't agree with the tactics. Maybe we don't know all the information that the people making decisions make. But at the end of the day, it's like we don't leave people behind as like a warrior etho that's drilled into us forever. And so like a lot of the guys that I talk to just can't relate to why that would even ever be an option. And so um, not, not necessarily that, that I want you to agree or disagree, but just the general feeling of... Um, of the internet world is what, what me and James Finney got into last night was that a lot of guys, even that we served with there seemed to victimize themselves of this incident on social media. And it was like, what do you mean? You like, you like, cause a lot of people say, what was it all for? Or those guys died for nothing. All those people. And it's like, what? Like, 
we got to liberate 20 years of people and breathe hope into a generation of people or two generations of people potentially that may in the end of the day, hopefully in the end of the day, that small flame grows, grows large and, uh, and they decide to, to pick up arms and start fighting the Taliban themselves. And that's what you could hope for. Right. But at the end of the day, I wasn't thinking about politics when I was banging hammers in country. Right. You're thinking about a guy to my right, the guy to my left, the mission that was handed down to me. And that's my job. That's what I have to go do. So, it's it's just it was just so so weird for me to see people victimize themselves on the internet and victimize the situation when we should be celebrating it and then you know honoring the ones that gave their you know the full measure to ensure that we we got out of there so yeah, what's your thoughts on that on that Ryan I would say you know I've had a, a lot of buddies actually that made that ultimate sacrifice you know of giving their life trying to like you say liberate a country that you know like little girls in Afghanistan we all know in the Middle East. They have no rights. They have no, no anything, basically, you know. Let's not let them go to school. Keep them uneducated so they'll do exactly what we tell them to do, almost like a dictatorship. Mm. And so for me, it's like like you said, I don't want to be a victim of that. I feel like I, t- I had 10 tours of Afghanistan, and I felt like from the first tour I got there, you're kind of figuring out what's going on, learning mm-hmm. how the country is, how the culture is. And then by trip six or seven, you actually see that, you know, the kids, you know, they're appreciating you being there mm-hmm. just because they're – they're going to school, they're getting education, they're getting books, mm-hmm. you know, they're learning that, you know, their world could be a lot better. I'm not saying it has to be like an American world, but their world could be better. They could actually learn how to read. Instead of, you know, pumping well water, they could actually get a well that actually works, you know, without using manual labor. Mm-hmm. So for over the last, you know, 20 years we've been in that country, like you say, that's 20 years of liberation of people that was oppressed being not oppressed anymore. At least getting to feel what it's like. And you say, to hey, be there's better out there. Exactly, yeah. And that's the flame that builds over time. It's, exactly. it's those 10-year-olds right now that were free for the first half of their life that are saying, hey, this ain't it. Yeah. And when they're 20, look out. Yeah, exactly. And, and the sad part about it, I grew up in a small town in Bainbridge, Georgia, near Tallahassee, Florida. And um, it's a country town. It's a farm, peanut you know, type of town. And if you don't get out of that town, you do exactly what your parents did or their parents did. It's like a... It's like an evolving will. You just continue to do what everybody else did. Mm-hmm. So I relate that to Afghanistan. If these kids don't know any better, they're not liberated. And guess what? They're going to continue to do exactly what their parents before them did. Yeah, and it's learned. It is. You know, exactly. kids don't come out evil wanting to kill people and, exactly. mart- and martyr themselves. All of that is learned. It's all taught and learned. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the other side of my opinion is that we cannot continue to be everybody's 911 force across the planet. Like if we do that, we will be spread thin and at the wrong time that that can be catastrophic to our country. And so I'm glad I'm personally glad and it makes me happy that we are no longer sending people there. Mm -hmm. Um, However, how it ended does anger me. Uh, Mm -hmm. It angers me because I don't know. Because as an American citizen, you only know what you know. And I don't even care what's, what clearance you have. If you're not read in on a situation with that particular clearance with people feeding you data, you don't really... Like uh, we talked about it with Finney last night. It was Denzel Washington said, as an American, you are either uninformed or you are misinformed. That's, yep. the two, that's the two ways. And like we talked about last night, I think a lot of it's by design that way. Um, anyway... We can feel however we want to feel. We can feel mad, but don't victimize yourself. If you feel like you're going to pick up the, the keyboard, the phone, the tablet, and you're going to victimize yourself, just sit down and think about that for a minute because we did do good work there on behalf of the country that sent you there or sent us there. And if you think those people aren't appreciative, you're wrong. 
like the people that we helped, they're very appreciative. Uh, so appreciative that they'd hold on to the outside of a C five. <laughs> it's uh I've got buddies, I'm pretty sure you do too, Ryan, that you know, I've had interpreter buddies and I have people that have fought with me over here in Afghanistan on multiple trips that you know, I'm getting emails, I'm getting calls. Hey, my family's being threatened. I had an interpreter mine, I won't share his name, but his mom just got killed about mm. three, four days ago. Mm. Shot right in the head by, you know, just guys just just thugs is what I call them. Mm-hmm. You know, got shot right in the head. Thugs that have power now. That's exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. that's what we've done. We've given them power. So now, a country like Afghanistan, you take that. Pain is what they react to, you know. So it's not right. But the way they look at it, if I go in there and I cleanse everybody, or if I kill everybody, you inflict fear into them so that now i got to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was likewise trying to get my terp out for about three weeks down there. I was trying to work with... People I didn't know that contacted me. I was trying to apply uh, media pressure to, to. In the beginning, people weren't talking about it. And I'm like, okay, hang on. The only way I can get my guy out is to get some visibility. Correct. And it worked. I got visibility, and some people from the State Department reached out to me. And then a you know, retired Marine that was working um, working some ops out of another country uh, ends up getting up with me, and he did a phenomenal job. If you guys don't haven't heard of him, go on social media. You can check out the stories by. Uh, retired, I believe is retired Lieutenant Colonel USMC Jonathan Myers. He's also got a book out called American to the Core. Um, but but a, distru- a, a disgruntled fella and and his his stories and his communications with me it was it was something out of a movie. Is like uh, it was crazy. But at the end of the day, guess what? I couldn't get my guy out. And I hear from my guy two days ago, and he's from Pashtunir Valley. His family and kids are there. And the Pakistani drones are coming in, dropping bombs all over the valley right now, uh, you know, for the last couple of days. And he has several relatives that were uh, ultimately lost their life in the bombing campaign and uh, and now mentions that he's um, actively watching the Taliban new government, I guess, come through and find every Pashtun citizen, some any bloodline from the Pashtun Valley. And they're rounding them up and and uh, he just said taking them away. But I guess you could. You know, we'll leave that to the imagination of what they're going to do because you, you really don't know. But it's not good, you know, and all the influence coming from the, you know, the Far East uh, and China, Pakistan, all these people are coming into Afghanistan now. And if people thought that we were just going to leave and the void wouldn't be filled like and we talked about maybe the, you know, what sense maybe it would make to leave something there. We did this mm-hmm. in Germany. We've done this in, in Korea. We've done this in a lot of places. And, you know, even even some of the State Department officials that I spoke to said, you know, we don't we don't understand this either. And so I guess the hope is um, if you don't like the policy decisions that are being made by the current administration, you can do something about it in a couple of years. You can vote a different way. Uh, You can vote the same way. You can find a new party, a new person. But ultimately, the only way as citizens is we have that we have control outside of some of our special friends uh, helping out at government levels and elite levels is to vote. You have to vote. You have to make yourself knowledgeable and we have to make sure that we get the right people in office in doing that. Uh, and I'm not saying that the wrong person's in office. Right. That's not what I'm saying. This is a very delicate dynamic situation that, you know, probably is going to end bad no matter how you look at it. Um, when you're withdrawing out of a country like that and then the, you know, the entire 20 years of work in, in an army and a government that you build just fold in seven days and give up, uh, you're stuck in a spicy situation that you, now you have to react to. So we can like it, we can not like it, but the big point of the conversation is just be proud of what you did, be proud of what your soldiers, your airmen, your Marines, and your sailors did. 
um, and just know that you walked amongst giants for, for, for the last 20 years, uh, regardless of what anybody else says or feels. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, going back to words, you just said knowledge. I think that is a big thing. People just got to get more knowledgeable, you know what I mean? I don't care who you, what your political you know, outcome is. I don't care who, how you vote, who you vote. But like you just said, just get the knowledge and know what's going on in the world. You know, and one thing I will say, I sent out an email or a text to my guys this morning just telling them, you know, I'm glad we stood together, we fought together. Some, you know, died and made that ultimate sacrifice. But at the end of the day, one thing I can say, like you just said, we walked amongst giants and we oppressed the people for 20 years. You know, if you sit back and just look, think about if we wouldn't have went there the, over the last 20 years, what would actually be going on in that country? Mm-hmm. So us pulling out, like you just said, pulling out the way we did, it's almost like the things we got going on in America right now. And they say, let's disband the cops. You disband the cops. You just gave every thug, every criminal, open whatever area. he wants to do. It's an open area. Mm-hmm. The floodgates are open now. And the, the statistics are showing that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, murders up in some cities four and 500% from just last year. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, and I don't want to get pol- too political on right. that, but it's, in my opinion, it's not a political thing. This right. is like people are dying because we have poor policy decisions mm-hmm. right now. Right. And so us pulling out a country like that, you just basically, in my eyes, you told the Taliban, there's nobody here to watch over you. You make your own rules. You do what you want to do. And mm-hmm. they're going to exactly going to do that. And I can't say I blame them. That's exactly what they're going to do. Sure. You know, and then now... You got bigger influences like Pakistan, China, and all these other different countries now that, hey, if they can help influence that and they side with that, then it's only going to make the Taliban stronger. Absolutely. And then, then, you know, what a lot of people aren't thinking about is the amount of of natural resources and lithium and things that are in Afghanistan that are sought after by China, by Iran, Russia, you know, the different Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we'll we'll give you security. We'll give you bombing campaigns. We'll give you whatever you need to gain control and retain control. But but you're our you're our puppy dog, and yep. and we're gonna have a main line to this, and we're taking as much as we want. You know who knows what the deals are being made right now, but absolutely rest assured, there's being they're being made right now. Yeah, I would see. Uh, when we were in Afghanistan, a few trips actually. I remember we'd be out on patrols, and we'll be going through and driving through, and all of a sudden you would see eight to ten, twelve of Chinese workers there, mm-hmm. and they would send them from China to work in Afghanistan after and all the natural them. resources and pay them. Not just like we do. We have a tendency to just open up our banks, print more money, and give money to these other countries. Well, countries like China and, and um, you know, these different countries, they send workers to that country to actually work. So still, they're keeping their money, they're keeping their economic system mm-hmm. in-house. It's not being just, hey, we're going to hand you money. That's the answer. Yeah, and you're not writing a blank check to not a corrupted a government check. that's exactly. going to— you know, I mean, shoot, we we paid for the Afghan National Army to assist us in ISAF during the push in Marja, and there were several situations. Matt can, he's right there beside me. There's several situations where a whole Kandak hadn't been paid for three or four months, right. but the commander's living high off the hog, and he's right. got all the kinds of money, right? Yeah. But because he had the power, and because they're right, like they do what they want. Yeah, and I remember some of the Kandaks we had attached to us over the years. We'd actually have a payday for them, just like old school army. Line up and get your money. We line up and get their money, man. Those guys be happy. That's the better way to do it. That's the best way to do it because their commander will skim it. Oh yeah, their their people are like their whole entire lives have been war, war and corruption. Exactly, and and that's survivability, right? They live in a place where the almost necessary 
to pick one of those two. Either you're right. extremely corrupt and playing all sides, or you're picking a side and you're going to war. Right. And so it's it's out of it's out of survivability for them, and it's just their culture. Right. And so if you let them do it, they're going to take their culturistic views right. and they're going to do those things. Mm-hmm. But you know, with you being uh, SF and the uh that's your job like y'all doing payday like that y'all know how to do that whereas with us it was like we're we're made to i know mean, y'all break things too right. and kill people but that's like what the marine corps is supposed to do right. we go in kill people and break things and then it was like whoa we're almost running like we talked about it we're almost running mitt teams on the ground and it's right. like we don't know how to do that mm-hmm. we know how to kill people and break things like i mean you know and, and going back to the money situation, to throw money at everything, literally when we were in Marja, uh, we had some errant rockets come in. They hit the wrong spot or else there was hostages where they hit, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And they would bring, you know, the wounded Afghani kid. This Afghani kid came up and and I don't think it was phosphorus, but it was bad burns to the point where when, when his dad tried to grab him by the legs, you know, and somebody else was grabbing his arms to pick him up, it slid his skin down like off. tube yep. socks. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. Yep. Well, he comes up, ultimately the kid's taken care of, and our, our RAS gets him set up and, and everything, but they, he wanted ten grand for that, and they paid him. And I thought, that seems like a low amount of money for mm-hmm. a lifetime of problems now, but okay, different place. Same deployment six months later, my point man comes around a corner, and a 1,000-pound uh, mama Holstein pulls the nose ring, charges him, and he had to put the cow down. Mm-hmm. Cow had two babies. They paid him $100,000 for that Holstein cow. They paid that man $10,000 for a dead kid. Right. And so I bring that up to say, yes, we throw money at everything, but we also have a culture that we're fighting that does not value human life the same as us. Right. And that makes it hard. Like I talk about in my book a lot of the things that jacked me up weren't killing people, weren't seeing dead bodies. It wasn't seeing the guy setting an ID and just completely pink missed himself. That didn't, none of that really affected me. Right. But you walk into a compound and you see a uh, a kid with pigmentation issues and a cleft lip, and he's got a metal shock collar around his, you know, not shock collar, but a metal collar around his neck and a three or four foot lead of chain spiked into the 120 degree heat with a bowl of slop in front of him like a pit bull puppy. And it's like, that's a human being. Right. And then and then you're told you can't do anything about that. That's their culture. Let right. them be. And that was the stuff in my head that I just like, it was so fundamentally flawed to me in right. my in my our culture yeah. that some of that stuff just stuck with me like that was some of the worst stuff in my head b- bouncing around because you couldn't help it yeah yeah so well yeah right. i'm with you there some of the stuff you see over there i not that you mentioned that story i think about one time we were doing a mission at night and uh we had one of their not one of our soldiers but it was one of the locals there he's like one of the elders mm-hmm. and he's basically molesting one of the child boys mm-hmm. and you see that yep. and you're just like dude what are you doing you know well you know just and you, and you want to put two in his chest and one in his head yeah, exactly you can't but, do it and you can't do it but i put my hands on him you know what i mean I, I ain't gonna kill you but i'm gonna definitely show you that in our culture i think in any any human being that's just wrong yeah and then you know you got people telling you that no that's just a culture that's just a culture yeah, that's, right? that's the whipping boy for the yeah, day but that's just wrong they know? offered him Oh yeah, they, yeah. They, they offered, offered the boys up to our uh, platoon sergeant. Yeah, one I've time seen that before too. Yeah, and it's we terrible. Ju- it's just so like repulsive. Like, what did you yeah. say? Are you serious? Yeah. I'm going to take you out back and yeah. put, exactly. you, put you down, old yeller. But you can't. That's yeah. the culture. That's that's what they do. And and yeah. So for me, that was a big thing. Like yeah. just the cultural tr- cultural differences 
can be shocking because we're raised a fundamental way of things oh, yeah. that are right and wrong versus the exact antithesis of that over there. So, yep. um, anyway, but, uh, well, I appreciate the thoughts on the, on nine 11 on the pullout and we're, uh, we're going to get this out today and we want to commemorate nine 11. We want to be happy that we're not going there anymore, regardless of how the pullout happened, you know, um, to all the vets out there, to all the active duty guys, to all the pipe hitters that are still in there doing it, man, just be proud of what you do. You fight on behalf of the greatest nation in the world. And that doesn't mean we're always great. There's some times where we're going to be flawed. Fact. But you fight for the greatest nation in the world, and you need to take that, and you need to go do your job. And let the pundits and the political old men that are, that are dictating uh, foreign policy, let them dictate that. There's no reason to victimize yourself over the actions and requests of other people. You go do what you're supposed to do. You do it to the best of your ability. You do it with honor. And then you come home and let them worry about that. But um, until next time, guys, we're going to release this one today. And uh, you guys will see uh, John and Glenn episode releasing just a couple of weeks after after today. So um, stay tuned. And, uh, and, and we, hope you, uh, we hope you enjoy the content. Thank you. I would say this, and this is something we talked about offline, you know, after this thing started happening, I started looking at the social medias and all I see is just swaths of these people, some that I'd served with in the past and some that are just interconnected. You know, we're all three hops away from everybody. And it's just like everybody victimizing, almost victimizing themselves. And it's like, I had some feelings about the whole thing. No doubt about it. it you know, maybe, maybe they are angry feelings. Maybe it was like, yep, this was predictable. And now people that I know are going to be hurt because of this. And then there was like the Bagram situation. Why do you close Bagram down? There's all these what ifs, but at the end of the day, you got to look at, you know, focus on your scope and your scope as a warfighter was to go over there and fight a war, which means you go over there and kill people and it's not fun. Sometimes it's fun, but when there, there's no reason to victimize yourself over this, like you did a great job. We all did a great job. Everybody that went there and sacrificed did a great job on behalf of the people of their country that sent them there it's never going to come and look in a pretty, pretty package at the end of a war. No. And so we talked about it a little bit, like you said, offline and actually like, so I, I did, I, I did the same thing you did. I jumped on social media. I, I was, you know, working some things with some Terps and trying to get some guys out, some NGOs and some other type people through people. I knew people I didn't know. Some random guy from high school hits me up under a fake name. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. Mm. And then he's like, Hey, it's such and such from high school. I'm like, Oh, like, that's weird that you use a fake doing? name. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I work for the State Department now. Like, here's the, 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 like, this is what I need. And I was like, oh, great. Like, so, okay. You know, like, working back channels. But in all this, I'm, like, watching social media because I'm watching other guys get their terps out, get their guys out, not get their guys out, looking for help. And we're all starting to kind of link up. Mm -hmm. But in the process, all this, like, dudes coming back and getting back in the in the, the social media fight, the electronic warfare fight, and trying to stay engaged and try and make good things happen, mm -hmm. it's like inundated and being drowned out by the victimization and it's not and we talked about like kind of what uh, i don't know what demographic kind of fell into that or didn't fall into that but i was looking at some of them and i'm like okay i don't really know that guy i don't really know that guy hey maybe these are some guys that weren't in they, they were these are you know family members these are people who lost somebody like i completely understand uh but then i start seeing like dudes that i know yeah that was Dude where it bros, started burning it's like, hang on, what the what are you doing they're hitters they're yeah. hitters and you know that they did dirt and you know that they're good at it. And then just like the victim card. And I was like, Oh, and, and that's, like, that's what got me. So part of it, I've been trying to understand it since it started to happen. And for me, it seems like most of it is partisanship, right? Most of it 
has been geared to hate one side or the other. So this is dirt that we can throw on the Biden administration. It's like, hang on, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you might be partisan now, but you weren't when you fought this. And, and, and if you are partisan now, what you're doing essentially is standing on the graves of these people that just sacrificed the full measure so that you can win a political point as a, as a non-political citizen. And that's what bugged what me the you, most. Yeah, what are you doing? That's and that's what, what I don't understand. Yeah, that's what compelled me. And then I literally like, you know, eight kids sit on the couch. Garage like, rant. Go to, the, go to the garage, <laughs> bust out Facebook, going live. And I was just like, hey, like, stop. Like, shut up. Like, yep. if, we spent 20 years over there. Yep. Some of us, one year, two years, five years. Some guys went over nine times. Like, got it. I don't care how many times you went or how many times you didn't go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when you start posting things like their lives were for nothing, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you? How dare you discredit their sacrifice? What was it all for? I've seen a lot. It was all for nothing. I'll tell you what it was for. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what it was for. It was for two generations of Afghans who never did anything wrong except be born in that country, which Mm. isn't even necessarily wrong. Just unlucky at the time. It's just their poor. That's their circumstance. Yep. And we provided them roughly two generations of this is what freedom and this is what your your own pursuit of happiness can look like. Mm. Like we're trying to help out as best we can. Mm. And then we left. Mm. And, and like I said, my, my little spiel, like you don't have to, to be part of a book, you don't have to like the ending or not. That's right. You can't hate the book just because it ended suddenly. Yep. Last, or, or, last a, page, or a movie, same thing. Yeah. The last page is ripped out. And yep. so you're going to say the whole book was terrible? No. No, like, the book was great. Yeah, there was, had an unfortunate circumstance at the end. And guess what? The, and, or, what we did right, what we did right is we provided them the opportunity to see what good looks like. And hopefully, like you said, that spark, that little flame. And you know what? That gives them something to go, I want that back. It could be better. Yep. I want that back. Yep. And if you get enough of that and that flame burns into a fire, then you have a revolution. And I'm not saying revolutions are pretty. And it'll probably be millions of people, or at least thousands of people die. Uh, it'll be a revolution. But if that little flame that we gave them for 20 years, you can blow some wind on it over the next 20, and they can eventually get themselves to a free state, then then we did everything, first of all. But second of all, damn all of that, and I agree with it. I agree that we did that, and, and you know that. But at the time when machine guns are bearing down on you, you are not thinking about liber- the liberty. You're not thinking about freeing somebody uh, from oppression. You're thinking about the guy to your right, the guy to your left, your squad, your teams, maneuvering, killing the enemy, and making sure you come back that night. That's what you're thinking about. And that's the other side of it. Guys are like, oh, it was terrible and this and that. And I'm like, okay, there are terrible things that happen in war. There are terrible things that happen in combat, 100%. Most of us were kids when 9-11 happened in 2001 when the war started. Hey, we're growing up now. We made a conscious decision because of that event to get into this. And then we begged to go over there. We begged to be Jumped allowed. The bit. We said, we are professionals. This is our profession. We are a, a profession of arms. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. And we begged for it. And now we're going to turn around and be like, hey, I didn't know what I was asking for. And what, you're right. Woe is me. But yeah. Well, now we're going to complain about it. Like, no, no, no. You got to do everything you were trained for. You got your wish. You don't get to turn around now and use it as a political fulcrum to complain about. Yep. Like, Yep, that's exactly what it is. That got me. That's exactly uh. what it is. So for all you out there that maybe made these posts and you are uh, you're wondering what for, that's a little little dose of what for from uh, from us. That's our side of it. Matt, did you have anything uh, to add on that? You've been pretty quiet over there. Y'all got it, man. All right, all right, cool. I mean, the only thing I was going to say is during when it was going down, I mean, me and you were talking about, damn, maybe one, two times a day. And uh, – 
the uh, thing of it is that um, I was just so disgusted by the way it was going down. It wasn't like it was a woe is me. It was just like, you know, what are we doing? Why are we doing it like this? This is the United States of America. We have the greatest military in the world. Why is it going down like this? You know, and a hundred percent. So I, I posted my little video, and it was nothing. It was nothing that I thought was crazy outside the box. And then actually, a mutual friend of ours. I'll keep his name off it, but like a mutual friend of ours reached out to me. and was like, "Hey, man, I don't know if your video was in response to my video." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know he posted something." He was like, "Hey, I'm just letting you know. Like, I kind of have a right to feel how I feel." And like, I he's like, "I agree with what you're saying, mm -hmm. but like, you gotta understand people deal with things differently." And I was like, "Hmm." So I went, and I looked his up, and I looked at it. And his was not a victimization. Mm -hmm. His was, and I realized, I was like, okay, so he may have misinterpreted what I was saying. And that kind of got me a little bit. I was like, ooh, I didn't want to come across like I was attacking people. Right. I was trying to defend that what we did was right. Right. And his video was kind of like you were saying, where he's looking at it going, I just do not agree with, and I can't, I'm not comfortable with the way this ended. And so he's sad, he's frustrated, and he's, he's sitting in his car, and he's just very quiet for like six, it's like a six minute video, and mo the majority of it, he's quiet, and he's he's just contemplating. You can see it in his face, mm -hmm. but he's not playing the victim. And I had to like hit him back, like, look, brother, like that's not what I'm getting at. Like, I wanna be very clear. You 100% do not have to like this outcome. Mm -hmm. Like, that right. is not and a And I would venture to say that for all of you out there that, for everybody out there that didn't like this outcome, I'm with you. I don't like the way this ended. The guy that I was trying to get out for the last three weeks, he didn't get out. A lot of his family members just got killed in, in, in air bombings of Pashnir Valley. So it's like, I understand that side of it. But the side that James is talking about and the side that I'm very passionate about is do not victimize yourself or other people because it's disrespectful to the people that just lost their lives, A, like you said, and B, it accomplishes nothing. Victimizing yourself does nothing. Maybe you feel like it wins you some votes for your side of the, you know, the aisle that you're on. And really, other than winning votes, I don't understand why you would do that. And, and even so, like you have every right to be sad, to be upset, to, to have a, a wave of emotions come back and smash sure. you in the face. But on the other, uh, to continue on that same, like you as a generally as a, uh, an Iraq Afghanistan combat vet, like retired active duty whatever like you are still an ambassador and you are still a, a peephole into what the military life is and people who have not had that experience look directly at you mm -hmm. and they yep. say how am i supposed to feel and when mm -hmm. you get on social media and you say woe is me they go yep i'm gonna agree with that because that's a subject matter expert that's somebody who has personal investment and, and I he agree. fought there so if he feels like that then it must be justified and validated for everybody else to and feel then, that way and then now you've got the pay it forward effect of you know a thousand people who see that and mm -hmm. they don't understand what's behind it they and how many of them share it to their page and then another right. 300 to a thousand see it and now it looks like hey but it, it's never it's never the quiet majority that gets heard it's mm -mm. the loud minority yep and so it's the few guys that are victimized and this and that and then it gets shared and that's not their intent but that's what happens that's what happens and what what it turns out being is you have a bunch of attention focused on a minority sect of people and they forget the masses and it's like hang on like i thought we were i thought we were a masses kind of a group like we're gonna vote in masses in the mass 
that has the most votes wins. And do we want attention on how Afghanistan ended and the things that are going on in Kabul? Yes, but we don't want it on, it was all a waste, it was all a failure. We want it on, hey, we still have guys over there. Hey, we're still trying to get people out. Yep. Hey, let's, let's push for action. And let's- I understand getting political in order to induce action. I had to do that. Not political necessarily, but I had to turn pressure up to get visibility on it. Once visibility's on, I don't want any more of that. That that was a means to an end. Now we have visibility. Now let's use all of our concerted effort and combine it all together to get as many of these people out of this situation as we can. But let's not go to social media and play woe is me, we're the victim, and start this whole new uh, hashtag movement where we can hate on military and hate on generals and hate on plans. And it's like, we don't even uh, we don't even have the clearance to understand the context of the situation they're given. There's a difference between screaming into the social media abyss to become a martyr and calling attention to something in order to get something done. There's Agreed. a huge difference. Agreed. And sometimes people will martyr for political and personal and financial gain. And sometimes people will just martyr because they're bored and they have the ability to do that at their fingertips and say whatever they want to say. At the end of the day, all, all you have to answer to is whatever you want to respond to a comment. That's right. That's it. And we live in a day and age where social media rules the world. Uh, they can, you know, censor a president. They can they can shut you out, uh, shut your channels down. Anything that they don't like, they can shut you down. And so people treat them as the, it's almost like a God complex is the way I look at it. If it comes on Facebook, it must be true. Is, is a lot of, that's where a lot of people are getting their news. So you lost trust in legacy media. Okay, so did I. You know, like I put my trust in a lot of people on YouTube, like uh, the Joe Rogans, the Jordan Petersons of the world. I trust them more than I trust the media. But these people trust Facebook more than they trust anybody. And, and the fact is, Facebook's just like Wikipedia, right? You can go on there and make any post that you want, and somebody's going to pull it up and be like, oh my God, I didn't know that bears could dance like that. Well, and it's easy well, to they, access the information because you don't have to dig for it. it. It just pops up for you. Oh, 100%. I didn't know that was there. Going back to the, if you're American, you are either misinformed or uninformed. Because that is, I mean, I think it's by nature. You have 15 conspiracy theories out there about something that the government did wrong. I, I promise you, the government wants you to have 15 of them. And when you bring that one up, they're going to laugh at you just like the other 14, and you're not going to know. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying there it's by design that there's so much mis, mis and disinformation out there, be it from our own government, our own uh, populace or Iran, Russia, China, anything that ends with a stand. They've all been infiltrating our, our systems. Even we talk about signal, WhatsApp, whatever, all these, you know, uh, I don't want to say open source, but these encrypted apps that you can use to communicate back and forth that mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of places use. And th- most of those have been hacked anyways. Yep. It's like they've, Nothing is that secure that, like, information-wise, whatever. Well, I don't think information secure. Ever since Snowden came with the Snowden revelations, and some call him a traitor and some call him a patriot, I don't think that I'll call him anything on the podcast. I'll reserve that for my own personal beliefs. But, like, my degrees in Homeland Security, I had to study this man. We had to study the, the decisions he made and, and that others made. And, uh, you know, the general consensus from the university will be that he's a traitor. And when I look at it from my scope, from my view, and I look at the things that he shared and all the things that were deemed unconstitutional, and it's like, mm, I'm like you could call him a traitor, you could call him that, but he notified me that you were listening and looking at every email of a Verizon Sprint, AT&T, T-Mobile, every email. You ruined the lives of people who had nothing to do with it. You installed cameras and trackers for Muslims in the New York City, and you passed it all on the heels of 9-11, through the USA Patriot Act. 
that was unanimously voted on in five minutes because everybody was scared to death. And that's what you did. And then you spied on people for a number of years. And so is he, a, is he a traitor for telling the American population, hey, they can look through any camera you put in your house. They can hear through every robot Alexa that you put in your house. They can look at you through your dash cam. They can look at you through your laptop. And so it's like, yeah, I don't think it's been safe for a while. You know, I think that for a while, uh, at least since 9-11, the restructuring came to an in, in, intelligence community and, and the uh, intelligence branches across the, the government. And it became the American people don't know how, how unsafe they are. And we're going to tell them how safe they need to be. And because of that, we're going to watch everything that they do. And then people like something that I wonder is some, some recent things like, uh, uh, asinine things like the thing that happened in Michigan where they were going to kidnap the governor and everything like that. But the U S government knew about it ASAP. And you think these guys were talking about this on Facebook, Yeah. you know, every profile of every proud boy, but none of them have been arrested that you know of. And how do you have all this information on them? And why do you have it all? Now, I'm not saying these are good people. Lucky guess. I'm not saying they're good people. I'm not saying they were going to do honorable things, and I'm not saying anything of the like, but I know the Patriot Act back and forth, and I know the things that you're allowed to do and not allowed to do, and it just seems like, how did you do those legally? Because there's one way now that you can get a sneak and peek where you can actually observe somebody without them knowing it for a period of time. Yeah. But it requires a... uh, a foreign intelligence surveillance court to sign off on and you have to have supposed to have substantial evidence for that and it just seems like to me that they know a lot about a lot of people that don't have substantial evidence for them to be tracking is what it seems like doesn't mean it's so could be misinformed (laughs) yeah or uninformed right yeah so anyway we want to talk about this with you guys um and, and this is gonna this is gonna release and then uh we're gonna have uh james back on in a future in a future episode uh to to impart some more knowledge on us uh, from the ranks of the Marine Corps, cover his career and things like that. So be sure to tune in for, in for that for a couple of weeks. But with Afghanistan being hot and the emotions running thin, uh, running running wild on uh, on social media, we thought that it was necessary to maybe give this view for the war fighters out there. Be proud of what you did. Um, as as James said, has been echoed in the room. You know, you did what you were asked to do. We went over there. You served. You you served valiantly. Um, so many, so many bonds, so many memories uh, of my adult life, almost virtually my entire adult life spent, you know, banging hammers over there. Uh, and there were goods and there were bads, but you served honorably every one of them that I've ever served with. And you need to be proud of that and wear that on your chest, you know, and pass that on to the people that don't know. Don't, don't woe is me. Don't, don't say what was it all for. You know what it was for. We just told you what it was for if you didn't know before. Um, and the politics side of things, and we're going to talk more about that in future episodes, though, a lot of people say we need to stay completely apolitical and stay out of politics. And that used to be even, you know, a stance that I took. However, war is just the end game. It's the last measure of accomplishing a political object- objective for your, co- for your government. So it is a pretty political game. And, and the less you know about it sometimes makes you, you know, it, it can make you... Uh, less clouded of the mind. You don't need to think about that stuff. You don't need to. Ch- you, you don't need to pick aside all of that. But sometimes the less informed you are, it can be damaging. You need to know what you're fighting for. And if nothing else, if you fought for nothing else and gained nothing else, you fought for the man to the left and the man to the right and the legacy of the service branch in which you came from. And uh, and that should give you cold chills because it gives me cold chills saying it. So we appreciate you guys' time. Hopefully you sign in. Uh, for more choices, not chances. Again, if you haven't yet, pick up my book, Lines of Marja, available on 
uh, Amazon.com, 1699. It's a good read for anybody out there, especially young warriors coming up. Um, I say to people that if you're a wise man, you read the experiences of those that came before you because the experiences in which you have not had yet and you have not played out, when they play out, you will be infinitely better at them because you have experienced them through reading or through a uh, movie or through whatever. You can at least uh, align that in your head a little bit quicker to accomplish your scenario that's put in front of you in, in real life. And that's not just war. That's with conversations that you have. Have them in your head first. Important transactions that you're going to have. Go over that stuff first in your head and and it'll it'll be better. So uh, read, 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 read. Lions of Marja, personal war memoir of 2010, Push to Marja. Uh, thank you, guys. You guys got anything to add on that? No, I mean, like you were saying, be just being proud of it. And like one, one of my favorite PMEs of professional military education I like to go over with young Marines is, uh, and, and it relates to people being proud of what they did, is Henry V, the speech of the St. Christmas Day speech. Mm. Where in it, near the end, he's talking about like, uh, on St. Christmas Day, uh, every man will strip his sleeves when he, he'll stand a little taller when he hears the name of Chris being mentioned. Right. He'll strip his sleeve and he'll show his scars, scars and say, these scars I got on St. Christmas Day. Yep. And he'll tell the war stories and he'll tell, and he'll be proud of it. And, and, you know, young men in England that in their beds now abide will hold themselves cheap because, you know, to find themselves in your company. And that's awesome. Mm. It's like, be yep. proud of what you did, mm. no matter the outcome. Be proud of what you did because you answered the call. You chose to do it. You did what you did what needed to be done. Be proud of it. Mm. You don't have to like it. Just be proud of it because you still did something. You did do something. Yeah, I'm good. Good. All right, guys. We're going to catch you next time on Choices, Not Chances. Thanks for hanging with us. Thank you. Not too far. You're marking a building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah.